Coming up, actor Timothy Amundsen joins Ileana in just a moment. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, it's the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast, starring Ileana Douglas. Eavesdrop with Ileana as she interviews Hollywood's most prominent players about filmmaking, acting, and what really happens on the set of your favorite flicks and TV shows. Hi everyone, I'm Ileana Douglas. Welcome to the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast. I'm here with Tamara Berg, Hi, everybody. my lovely co-host. How are you? Hi, hi, hi. Sun I'm is finally good. out. I know, it's You're beautiful. In sunny California. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, excited about our guests. Well, we have a couple guests coming up. I but know. Uh, uh, And thanks again, everyone, for the nice comments and watching the show and tweeting yes. us about us and uh, the great response to Penelope Ann Miller. Yes, we've got some, Molina, some really wonderful guests and, and wonderful comments from the yes. audience, which has been really nice. Um, also, I would like to mention, if anybody has questions about, you know, not we obviously don't know who our guests are a lot in advance of yes. when they come in, but um, you know maybe there's a general question that some of our audience members are wondering and going, you know, I wonder what happens, you know, mm-hmm. here and Heather and Yon, or even a specific question for you, right? Would um, you know would be great. So you can find us on Facebook, you can tweet us, you can go to the website ilianaspodcast.com. You can find us all sorts of ways. So that's if true. If you do have any of that, you can do it that way. Absolutely. So would love that. Ileana. Yes, dear. You are a storyteller. You are a brilliant, if I may say, storyteller. Don't be modest, because you really are. It's the truth, Um, both in real life and in the book. And so I wanted to know, because I remember being a child and having an uncle who was an incredible storyteller. Uh Uh-huh sitting around at the dinner table and I would I just remember sort of you know gazing at him and going oh my gosh I love that I want to be a good storyteller yes so how did you become such a good storyteller I think that's exactly it well two things that you my my mom's side of the family are Italian and I think Italians their sense of rhythm and timing is always very colorful and I think I have a lot of that but uh, again, when I was a kid, and I wrote about this in the book, my grandfather, you know, we we, we had to sit at the kids' table, and mm-hmm. all the really exciting, glamorous people were at the, you know, the big grown-ups' table, and they'd be telling their stories. And I said to my grandfather, I wanted to sit at the big table, and he said, when you're interesting, you can sit at the, <laughs> at the big table. So I was like, I vowed to be interesting. And so I think I always... Um, was a natural storyteller, you know, colorful, but I think that I honed the craft uh, because I wanted to impress him. Mm -hmm. And so therefore then you start reading and you become a little bit more verbal. You know, you can't just be, you know, when you're a kid, your stories are two sentences. I saw the cat and it (laughs) was stuck in the tree. You know, it's like, okay, that's the end. At the end, you know, so you gotta like, but you know, you you say, okay, well, it has an impact, but to me, a good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay, and that's what I tried to do in the book. In fact, this was my lick because I because I didn't want to do what Trump. I love to read people's autobiographies, but. You know the begin. It, it it's like it, it gets into, and then I won my Oscar, and then I did this, and, and then this, and then this, and, and this, that. Yeah. To me, is the failing of the book. The, the that the first half is always more interesting than the second half, and I thought 
what I would like to do is tell great stories uh, with a beginning, middle, and an end, and hopefully something I learned from the experience. And then that way, also, I could write more books because I have have more stories. Right. Like, for instance, I tell a great story uh, uh, what happened on the set of Cape Fear, but there were other things that happened on the set that I could, you know, that I could uh, tell in a subsequent book. So when these, because you have sort of extraordinary experiences happen to you See, I all think, the time. I think every, you, well. Okay, well, so let's say everyone okay. does. Yes. I think you have extraordinary ones, but let's say everyone does. So do you go through life and, you know, whatever, have a car accident with that person? Yes. And then as it's over, do you, do you like rewrite not rewrite it in in terms of making it fiction but like do you put a structure to the story that may not have been there originally or oh, do you absolutely. just tell things like linearly? when a when a, rela- when, a, when a relationship starts to go awry my positive spin is this is going to be a great anecdote you know like so any anytime i try to think well, anytime something goes horribly awry yes it's going to start to become an anecdote uh or a good story you know so I try to look at it. I try to look at it that way. But to me, yes, I'm always forming a, a narrative in my head. But I did that when I was a little kid. You right. know, if I saw a movie, I was, you know, I, I I would be acting out the film. Right. I mean, but I always had a natural bent towards uh, storytelling. I mean, I remember one of the first things I did when I was, we saw, we had to read the book, The Pearl, mm-hmm. and I just, I got people in my class, you know, I got a girl to be the pearl and someone to be the pearl diver. I know. I, I have photos of that, by the way. But, you know, I Fantastic. was recreating and staging things with my friends. Like, so if we had photography class, like the cover of my book, that was from my photography class. And I'd get my friends and I, I like I one thing I did, I, I don't know why, but I recreated a car accident, you know, like that was some I would recreate things, you know, that were you know parts of um, am i telling too much it's no. too, too much too much crazy but i don't, i was fascinated by it and so i recreated like a car accident and i and i placed in the frame um a picture of james dean you know, I don't know like wow. 14 this is like what i'm so i'm creating movie images i'm telling a story even with one photograph mm-hmm. but I always had that desire to do that, to create a narrative, and I don't know where that comes from. Um, well, and so then you become an actress, mm-hmm. and now you're telling other people's stories. I mean, I know, you, obviously, you write and have created your own things. Yes. But when you're telling someone else's story, how does that p- storytelling play in for well, you? That, for me, is always an interesting thing, because sometimes I... I have one movie going on in my head uh, and the, yes. other, the director and the other actors have a totally different movie. So I've certainly had the experience um, where I've worked with a director. Like I had an experience many years ago working, um, he's now passed away, the lovely uh, Wes Craven, where I had this whole, con- I got asked to do this part in this movie and uh, I had this whole concept and I thought it was going to be very, it was very funny and, and I got to the set and he had a completely different take on what oh, I was wow. supposed to do and it was very serious and I was shocked I was like I had this whole narrative and what I was going to do and uh, I just was like uh, okay uh, uh, okay but so that to me you always have to be aligned 
with a director mm-hmm. that you are telling the same the same story. Right, right. But you know, we're also like you know, I like to be part of the reason I got into show business is just the ability to sit on a set and tell stories, which is something that I again when I was on the set of being there when I was a kid and watching my grandfather and Peter Sellers and Jack Warden tell stories. I just thought this is the greatest gig in the universe. Like you get to act in a movie and then you have this own your own little private world where these all these movie stars that you love are telling stories. So I mean, you know, I I thought that was sort of part of the skill of being an actor yeah. is that you had to be a good storyteller and I know when I was doing Goodfellas you know, and this was all the training for my grandfather, who was always, you know, coaching me about nice. about uh, speaking better right. and not mumbling and things like that. And that skill would come in handy, you know, later on. As I said, when I was on Goodfellas and I write about the book, you know, Marty would bring me over and tell Bob the story, story. about yeah. Raging Bullwinkle or, you know, so something that had occurred to me and. And that was always really that was much scarier than uh, <laughs> than actually than, than doing acting your with job. Him, trying to make Joe Pesci laugh is one of the hardest things. Oh anyway, gosh. well, I'm Let's so excited to guest. have yes. have uh, Timothy Amundsen who has appeared in many things, among them Deadwood, Jericho, American Housewife, um, uh, musical comedy fairy tale Gallivant, and Gallivant, he just so much fun. He he's going to be playing God on uh, Fox's Lucifer. That's a that's a you can't you can't beat that and I mean you're yeah, born God, right? you are born to play in yeah. all of these period pieces but welcome please Hi. Timothy Amundsen thanks hey. thank thanks, you everybody. so much for being here being happy here. to happy, oh going this way happy to be here and being what, helpful what is it like is it, it's playing God what's it like to play God it was very satisfying it felt like <laughs> I finally. Finally had a role where Nailed they it. got me. <laughs> Boom! Um, the the silly thing about this, not silly, but super fun thing as an actor. Come on, God, pretty good. I guess president would be pretty good or king. Well, I've done one of those. I think God is pretty God's much. pretty good. You and George Burns. This one, I, uh, this God had a West Texas accent. Don't ask me why. Okay. Well, you could ask me why. No, no, it's a <laughs> character. Yeah, it, they just this. Yeah, what are you gonna do? So. Would you like to play God? Sure. Would you like to play him with West Texas accent? Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was candy. Is uh, now was this a drama or a comedy? It's a dramedy. A dramedy. A dramedy. It's um. It's the show Lucifer on on the Fox Broadcasting Network. Yes. Which I have to say, I I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of time with children, all that. Mm-hmm. But of course, I watched several episodes before I did the job because. I've been on shows where people haven't watched the show when you show up. And, you know. We were just talking about that. I said, you know, when you're not, when Come you on. have the tone wrong. Come on, man. Do just, it, it's the, inter- the internet's there now. It's, it's yes. anything is available. Dude, don't be we're lazy. We're all busy. We've got busy um, lives. So this, so I showed up and actually I was like, I really, really liked it. Uh, Tom Ellis is the lead. Mm-hmm. Lovely fellow. Like, and do you know Rusty Schwimmer? Amazing no. actress. I would think she was right up your alley. A friend of mine had just done the show, and I asked her when the offer came in, and mm-hmm. she's like, go. You will love it. You will love them. Top to bottom, every person on that cast and crew, just mm-hmm. lovely. Happy to be there. No attitude. They're all beautiful and handsome, and by all rights could be total dicks. Um, but they were just lovely. So, 
And do you shoot it on the Fox lot? No, we shot that in Vancouver because what? why would I shoot in this country? Oh, uh, why? I've spent the last okay. You had 10 years. me till right. then. I was I thought we were going to talk about the Fox lot and have no. fun, all the different lots. No, Vancouver. Vancouver. Where were you at the years. Were you at the Slutton? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Of course. Second guest who has made a Slutton reference. Claire, I walk in. <laughs> Love I, it. I pull up to this to the Slutton and Mark the doorman goes. <laughs> Explain what the Slutton is. Sorry, okay, we're okay. For, for people. people I've heard, heard this show. We all make references. Chris Noth, uh, you're now the second myself to the hotel where, when you do any show in entertainment, they put you, which is the Sutton in Vancouver, Thanks. and there's one in Toronto also. So go but ahead. The, I, I walk into the Sutton, and Mark, the doorman, goes, "Tim, how's the family?" That's how much oh, I've been at wow. the Sutton. Wow, like my family's lived there with me at times. Wow. It's um, yeah. Yes, I spent eight years uh, doing psych, psych there. Yeah. So, oh. I know Les Slotins very well. Anyway, uh, so, uh, for though, uh, yeah, comedy yes. drama thing. I, I had a this. This is to put the show in context. I had a question about the character, and mm-hmm. it was like a minor detail. Like, and I went to the the writer of the show. I'm like, am I overthinking this one thing? Because mm. we're talking about time and the beginning of time, and you say moment, and but am I overthinking it? And he goes, uh, yeah, it's um. It's the devil in L.A. solving crimes. <laughs> so, might be overthinking it a bit. However, you're absolutely right. So, good point. I missed that one. But it's a, it's a show that doesn't take itself too seriously. And yes. Well, go. the devil is back in vogue. We had another guest, Bobcat Goldwaith, and he was working on a devil show. And uh, I did a, a directed a short about the devil years ago, and which is, seems very au courant. The devil is obsolete. It's the times. Oh, right, in that time, yes. Yeah, because there's so much evil that he, the devil's <laughs> like, okay, there's nothing for me to do anymore. Why am I here? Uh, so he's, now he's solving crimes. I love it. Yeah. But, um, and the other fun thing is all about, this show's about uh, his daddy issues. Because dad kicked him out. It really yeah. is rather funny. <laughs> That's um, great. So we we get to work out our father's and issues. Now, big question. Do you, be- do you believe in the devil? Yeah. Okay, so... Do you believe in God? Yeah. <laughs> it's getting it's getting tense. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to ask if you. Yeah, if you if you believe or don't believe, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, so we so always start. Although I I took a left turn, which is I love to do. Uh, Keeps but, us on our toes. But what what is the first movie you saw, and who took you to see it, and what was it called? The first movie I really remember seeing was actually on television. Does mm-hmm. that count? Yes. Yeah. Um, there are no rules. Okay. No, get like off. Get Sorry. off. I blame Dennis yeah. Hopper. And Vamp Dennis Hopper is spinning in his grave. Um, this it was a uh, it was the Thin Man. Ooh, William good Palmer one. Lloyd. And I remember it because I mean I was I was very young. I w- I went to kiss my dad goodnight, and it must have been a weekend. And he said, "You know what? You can stay up. You can watch, watch this movie with me." And it was really it, it it set the course right there with mm-hmm. uh, a style of comedy that I like and just just a a, a my affinity for old Hollywood and mm-hmm. all that and I I named my daughter Nora. So people are like, oh, that's so sweet. My well, she's named after a classic alcoholic. So <laughs> no, they were fun alcoholics. They were fantastic. They were the good kind of alcoholics. Yes, they were classy. They could hold their liquor and solve a crime. 
Um, you know what's interesting about the Thin Man, uh, which is William Powell and Myrna Loy, and uh, Myrna Loy, I think, sort of set a tone for like the perfect wife in a sense. She's she's like she's fun, she's game. You know, they're both game, but she sort of steals the movie and, for me. And very many ways on equal footing with him. Yes, and that was very unusual for that. Yeah, time, certainly. It's unusual for now. No, I mean, I think that that's, they were perfectly cast together, and that's why those movies uh, hold up, is that they, you know, they, their chemistry. Absolutely. Uh, together. Have you ever done a movie that's in, in that vein? Because they don't really make them that way. I mean, there was sort of moonlighting was, <sighs> I guess, in that vein, but. No, it's too, it's, it's too, No. Char- the sure. charming, the charming alcoholic. Has Although gone there out is of a, um, there's uh, a live stage show that I'm involved with. That's a podcast called um, Thrilling Adventure Hour. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's uh, it was going for about ten years, and they would do it live at Largo. Oh uh, wow! Beautiful theater in L.A. Yes, and it was it was this this cast of of characters, cast of regular players called the Work Juice Players, and they would bring in special guest stars, and I sort mm-hmm. of became a friend of the show because it was it's old timey radio. Love it. Um, there was a live band. Mm-hmm. Everyone would dress up, and one and it was serialized, mm-hmm. but it's a little off. So there's a western, but it's Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars, and right. there was a Thin Man esque piece called um, Beyond Belief that stars uh, uh, Paget Brewster and B- Paul F. Tompkin, and they're essentially Nick and Nora. They right. are classic alcoholics who solve crime and see, see ghosts, but. So I got to be involved with that and, mm-hmm. and do some of those episodes. And it's just, we were all essentially doing The Thin Man. Yes. Um, so I kind of have been in that. Those are fun. My, my grandfather, uh, Melvin Douglas, used to do the Lux Radio Hour. Sure. Which, so it's in that vein. So sometimes you'd be involved in a film, for instance, uh, A Woman's Face with Joan Crawford. Mm-hmm. And then they would go to Lux uh, Theater and they'd do one hour of it. It was Maybe. amazing, all live. Or he'd come, you know, they'd come on and you know joke around, and they're they're really hysterical I, in front of a live audience. You know, wow, yeah, they're wonderful. Those old, if yeah. you can get a chance to uh, see them. Now you grew up in Seattle. I did. And what other kind of movie did you go to the movies? Did you? What I kind did. of movies were you seeing? Um, I think the the first movie I remember as as a kid was. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a like a wedding shower going on at my house, and so they kicked all they kicked all the men out. <laughs> and I remember getting in the station wagon with my dad. And at the time, we we didn't go to a lot of movies together. Uh, it was expensive, goddammit. Um, <laughs> and I remember going driving into Seattle and uh, and seeing that that movie and just the the expanse of that film. It was. It blew my mind. I yeah. recently showed it to my kids because they're now 12 and 14. And, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things of being a parent of kids this age is showing them the movies, like sort of teaching them a little bit, just like right. exposing them this. My wife and I, like, it's going to be a movie, and they're going to love it. They didn't, they didn't care for it at all. They were just, they no! Were just, no, I was so disappointed. That movie kills me. And Richard Dreyfus, who's a, f- a friend, I, I mean, his performance in that movie, because so he's like a big kid. Yeah. You know? I, I, uh, that's, I think that's, I think that's my favorite Steven Spielberg film. I think Certainly it is. Up there, yeah. It, uh, just because I, I, the, 
the meaning of it and I, I don't know I just I think it's and I think Dreyfus is just incredible but this Damn. quest of you know of looking for something and wanting something and how he leaves his family at the end. It's very, I mean, it's very sad. The analogy of Hollywood, right? Of like just that constant drive of everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I know what's out there, and wow. I'll either go yes. insane or I'll find it. And is that is that what you your con- you think your concept of acting is? Because it must be nobody. Believe- yeah. When when you first tell people you can be an actor, they is there is there has anyone? I'd love to know of any. There wasn't. One person was like, "Oh, you're gonna make it as an actor," <laughs> you know. Great. And like, man, you know, even now, people are like, "Why won't? Why don't I, you? Why do you get? Why do you continue on?" But I was really fortunate in mm-hmm. that I got the bug when I seventh grade drama class. Yes, like that was it. I discovered then like this one, and he really quickly after that started taking classes at Seattle Children's Theater and really sort of going, "This is what I want to do." And by sixteen, I. That was it. And I said to my dad, I very distinctly remember this having this conversation, walking into his bedroom going, give me an actor. Because if you have a talent, you don't use it, you don't, then you don't say I have a talent. Yeah. And he went, okay. Wow. wow. And my dad is Eisenhower, you know, depression era generation. He at the time was like eventually, essentially a bean counter. Like he just mm-hmm. worked with numbers. And as I got to know him, really when I left home mm-hmm. is when he and I sort of got closer as often happens uh, I realized he was a, a frustrated jazz musician like he, wow. he wanted to be he wanted to be a singer to big band and so it, through and I had had success in you know school plays and stuff mm-hmm. and you could tell that it was obviously something that I had a talent for if you if I'm be so bold and they supported me lock stock and barrel I went to college. I mean, I I got a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that was important to them. But my mom would always talk about, you've got it, the backup plan, got it. And I went, "Uh I I have zero other skills. Yeah. So thank God it worked out. No, I know. Anything I... But that's important that they supported you. Because if you don't, for people out there who go, well, no one's supporting me. You have to either... I think you have to be your own sort of self-supporter. I mean, or as I write about in my book... I had imaginary supporters like Richard Dreyfus, and you know, because yeah. they were, they were, you know, they kept me going because I was like, I fantasized that one day I would become friends with Richard Dreyfus, and then you know, one day you're on a set and you're cast in a movie with Richard yeah. Dreyfus, and you're like, is this crazy or did I make yeah. this? You know, do you manifest things? Do you have to everything's like that? In your life, where yeah. you're just like, okay, this is weird. This is what I was doing in my bedroom. Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> and you have those moments. Okay, so when I was five years old, we took the family trip. We loaded up the truckster and, and went to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Drove down from Seattle, and I remember, I remember Universal Studios better than I remember Disneyland. Mm-hmm. But we were on the tram, and there's a part if you've taken the tour, the tram comes down the hill, and it's where the the sound sound stages are, and. We passed some trailers, and I remember seeing everyone walking around the lot going, I don't know what's going on over there, mm. but I want to be over there. Right. Very vivid memory. And one of my, I think my second job was a show called Sequest, shot on the Universal lot. The stage was right by the tram ter- mm-hmm. turn, and I walk out of my out of my little trailer, my tiny little trailer, and walk towards the stage, and a tram goes past. I heard a Sequest on the lot, and I just 
chills went through. And I was like, wow, oh, I'm here. Yeah. This is what, even if it doesn't work, I've had this moment. Yes. And that will fuel it. That'll fuel a decade. Exactly. It sustains you. Yeah, that's what we were saying at the beginning is I feel things like that happen all the time. It's just that, you know, we're so busy on our phones or something. We're not really aware of what the universe is uh, is telling us. Now, one thing I was thought was uh, could be slightly comic is that when you were in school, you won the Jack Nicholson Award. Yeah. Is that that's not for imitating Jack Nicholson? No, no, that How was does, um, what because he was from. I, I thought he, he went from to New SC. Jersey. I guess oh. he went to SC or spent okay. some time at SC or used to drink yes. at SC. I don't know what <laughs> um, or dated a girl from SC. Yes, uh, but he set up a scholarship fund through through USC School of Theater. I never knew that ever. Wow. No, because it's one of those that's the that's best amazing. kind of charity and. And my senior year, I won his award, and I think it was like you know, it was a thousand bucks, to, no, like five hundred bucks, something like it. Or no, it, it was money towards school. It was a scholarship yeah. towards school. And uh, I was I was doing um, Faust at the time, and there was talk that he was going to come to the theater and see the show. Yes, he needed to make it. His lawyer came, who's still a very nice man, but presented me with the you know the handshake. Aww, and, nice. And I've never met him. I've never worked with him, but I hope to someday, just so I can say. You helped me get through school. Yeah. Yes. You know. Do, and, do you have a certificate or, or anything? No, just uh, it's just in the bio. That's uh, it. <laughs> just, you got a you got a I mean, we're in. I know. I should Hollywood. make something. Go make a get a cheap trophy and just yes. so you can if you see him. Jack Nicholas reciprocant. <laughs> just reciprocant. so you can show it to him. Now I thought this was funny. You got your career, Larry. Da- you got your SAG card because of uh, Seinfeld and 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 Larry David. I did. Now this was had you. Did you get the job and then lie? Did you have? A, how, did, how does this come about? No, it was good old fashioned Taft Hartley. Like I went in the room, they knew I didn't have my SAG card. Oh, for, so they knew. Okay. Yeah, for those who don't know, it's yeah. it, and certainly back when you know yes. I was starting. No, it's just to get someone to Taft Hartley, which means it yes. costs them money I to know. hire you. Um, they'd rather give their left arm or their child's left arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really hard to get a job that way, and I. To this day, I don't know what I did. It was like three lines. They tapped hardly for three lines. But uh, went in and Larry David, or someone said to Larry, do you want to explain the scene? Because, you know, they just give you the lines. Oh, my God, I'm already terrified. How many people are in the room when you go in? Five. Oh, okay. So that's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, again, it's guest spot. But still, it's like there's when a, I met on Seinfeld, there was like literally, I think there was thirteen people in the room. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but that we're not talking. I about may it, have blocked it out of my. Because <laughs> five sounds like reasonable, right? But anyway, yeah. so I interrupt. Are you on the Radford lot? Oh yeah. Okay, so yeah, Radford, I'm at the Radford lot, lot is and, where uh, they shot Seinfeld. And you walk in the room. Walk in the room, and they say, "Do you want to explain the scene to him?" <laughs> and. I can remember it was Larry or it was Thompson Sheriff and the director mm-hmm. goes, no, nah, just let's let him see you do it. So the lines were, um, don't have one. Yes, John Cheever, dad, you and John Cheever. That's it. Okay. And whatever I did was funnier than the redheaded guy before me. Oh. And, and so I get, like, well, they'll ex- I get the job. Great. Yeah. The sad card, insurance, life. Uh, amazing. I get to set and I'm like, well, they'll explain it to me there. Never been on a soundstage before. Had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. And quickly realized I'm the last person they have time to talk to. Right. So right. N- just no seat of my pants. Oh. Um, 
And the gentleman playing my my dad, he was playing it as an as an a hole. So I'm like, I'll just I'll be like him. Mm. And I, uh, they didn't fire me. Right. And they I got to keep the check and everything. Oh my god. Woo-hoo! Did they laugh when you were on set? Because it's pretty intimidating. I, w- I worked on Seinfeld with one of the last ten episodes, and I wow. was well known at the time. And I was when I had to sit in the diner, in oh. the booth. I was like, I was like, I was shaking. I could, I like, I it's probably the worst acting I've ever done. I was very, very intimidated. It's one of the, when you it's surreal. Know, but also, I was early on in this in the show, and I, I wasn't. I didn't watch the show that much. So oh, I think see, when I you go in it. knowing it's such a big deal, yeah, then it's horrible. Mm. <laughs> and it's a pressure on pressure on oh pressure. Oh my god! Yeah. And and uh, Jason Alexander to this day. Uh, will always held a special place in my heart. Because a, a, he was nice. They were all very yes, nice to me. Everyone was wonderful. And I My dad was down visiting me a few years later, and I ran into Jason in the parking lot of Canners. Mm-hmm. And like, Alexander, Mr. Alexander, hi. And, and it was my dad, and it reminded me who I was, and he said to my dad, you've got a very talented son there, John. Aww. And, to, and, I, and I have seen Jason since, and I always remind him that, you know I love you, right? You know <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will do anything for you, because wow. you... You basically remind, you know, you gave that enthusiasm to my dad of like, he, you, you made the right move in letting yes, him do this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They were, your they dad's were, choice to help yeah. you. Yeah. They were great. And that was a, do you, do you ever, do you watch yourself on reruns? It's really painful. I do. I do. It's, I do. <laughs> you know, I have a, um, like season pass I, I'm or in whatever. The, I'm, I'm carrot girl. So like I, people you know, and we sometimes went in the syndication. I think they clipped mine, so it's like, why are you wearing that? Why are you dark? Or if you come in, you know, late, late it's because they. Right. I, I played a girl who wore too much tan makeup. I have like a season pass to record anything that you're on on my oh. on oh, my so you And seen so, it. but the funny thing is, is that Seinfeld comes up about every third week. Thank you. But you're not actually on it. <laughs> it's an episode like it's Kathy Griffin. It's not you. It's, oh, but it's, so but, I could be. But the info says Ileana Douglas, That's but so it's funny. Kathy red Griffin. Hair. I'm re- irrepla- I'm replaceable with Kathy Griffin, it, apparently, which <laughs> is so not true. Now, <laughs> working in Hollywood, so you get the Seinfeld, and then after that, or did you ever did you ever have any bad disaster auditions, or did things go pretty smoothly? I had a horrific one last week. You did? Oh, oh my god! Tell me, man, I've had so tell. many. Okay. My my fa- just to, just so you have confidence. Uh, Alan Parker, the great Alan Parker, mm-hmm. my hero when I was a kid. Shoot the Moon yeah. was one of my favorite films. I depicted, I, I was so related to that film, Fame, of course. And when I auditioned for him, absolutely convinced that I was going to get the part. He said, who sent you here? <laughs> and got up and left oh. and started to make phone calls. And I was sitting on the couch going... And then I was like, he never told me to leave. So I was sitting and then he kind of, he was on the phone and then he looked over like, are you, why are you still oh, here? And I kind of, I was like, I think I'm going to go now. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> that was Alan Park. So, so yes. And I've, well, I've got others. So yeah. what, what was yours last week? I'm curious. Can you say what you auditioned for? No. Some pilot? No, it was a pilot. Some lousy pilot. It's pilot season. It's pilot season. It was actually, and they say there are no seasons in L.A. No, there's still... The season of pain. I did. Award seasons. We have plenty of seasons. Um, so you yeah, have yeah, an audition. It was actually... How many I, people in the room? 
Just the two, but oh it's it's God, the two I that matter. Well, it I'm was early like, on in the process. It's like a jury where they come in. Oh no, but I had a horrible one then oh, uh, okay. with the the twenty the other day. So you know, it, it was eight pages of sides. Oh wow! Four scenes, Would eight you, pages of sides. How many? Wall to wall. How many? How much time did you have to work on the? Like a day. Oh, so you had yeah. a day. You I had a day at least. Um, yeah, and you know, did what I think is some. Pretty good work. I was I was not unprepared. Right. I think I knew where the jokes were. Yes. And um, they they didn't laugh once. Oh. It was all and it was all wall to wall jokes. This character did like not even a courtesy chuckle. Not even in between scenes. That was great. Let's let's do the next one. Yeah. And in within when the first joke doesn't land, <laughs> you immediately go into fight or flight. Sure. And it's like oh oh sh- oh shit this is more- oh my god I'm I'm dying here. I had just come off from. Rather successful series, dude. Like I kind of like I've got some confidence in. It. Yes. Like, oh god. Oh god. And I'm immediately reduced to that. You yeah. know, Eighteen yeah. year old audition yeah. for his first thing, and so like, oh, well, I should do. I should do bigger. I should yes. push. And right. It's a tiny room, and then I'm like, okay, no, that's not working. Okay. God. It was just, and I, I, <laughs> I just wanted to crawl into a hole. It's like thirty years I've been doing this practically, and you still. Have those moments where just our egos are so they're made of soap bubbles and they can just yeah. burst so quickly. And I want to call on. I think auditioning is a no-win situation. If you do great and you don't get the part, you're miserable. If you if you don't do well, you're miserable. You know. So I don't I don't know. I don't believe. You know. I'm when I you know write and direct. I, I don't audition people. I just meet them. You get a sense. You can look at their work. Right. I don't know. Sometimes the auditioning process for me is just, it's so humiliating. And, for, uh, yeah. it's, and there's so much you don't know uh, who they're making offers to. And there's, a, you know, you, you just don't know. <clears throat> well, and that's, that is now a question I ask before I'm like, who, who's the offer out to already? Right. Am I a right. backup? Although Gallivant, I knew going in the room that I was a backup because they knew they wanted a big British movie star. Oh, I but see. But that's one where at least I knew that going in. And but went, you got it. And there's no way they're going to. So, yeah. So yeah. That, so sometimes it works out. So in the bad one, how did they, did they say, thanks so much for coming in? Did Like, what was yeah, their send-off? How did the date end, they, as Chuck would They say. just went, okay, thanks a lot. It's great. It's and, great. You're great. And I called my agent. I said, make note of the date and time, because we'll look oh. back on this day and say, this is the one that broke Tim. This oh, is the one that broke him. Actually, yeah. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm done. I, I can't. Yeah. I cannot. I've been doing this too long. Yeah. And he called and got feedback, which we rare, rarely even bother because there's no point. Right. There's no point. How yeah. do you do? Well, did he get the job? Then you know how he did. Yes. Um, and and they said, well, we, you know, it's not going any further. And he said, any particular reason? No, no, just not going further. He said, well, I got to say, he did mention the room was a little cold. Mm. And he's just like, oh, that's, you know, yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. Huh. They, they I, don't know anything. It's like sort of, you know, it's top top secret. But I, but thank you for the therapy because I feel better now. It's off my chest. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, it does. It's the you know, it's it's an, an impossible situation. So it let's is. Talk, it I, is. I, I, so we'll talk about happier things. You just mm. got cast in a show with Carol Burnett. I did. Yeah, Living legend. How about that? Have you met her yet? No. <gasps> what? Meet her on Tuesday. Oh. Yeah. When were you a fan of the show? Oh, God, and, yeah. I've, um, I still rip off Harvey Corman oh my any God. chance I get. The best. He, uh, I, you know, the, what person, what, over 40 didn't yeah. grow up watching that? Um, 
It, I love it. Yeah, I and, love her. and plus all of her uh, the characters. Did you did you ever see any of her movies? You know, she started acting later on. They were all serious films. Uh, she had which, very, which is something I love about her. Um, if you get a chance, this is a Robert Altman movie called A Wedding, and she's. No. She's very good in that very s- very serious role. As is another very serious film she did called Friendly Fire. Oh, Friendly Fire, I saw with uh, Ned Beatty. Well, did she also do uh, Same Time Next Year? Was that was Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. Ellen Burstyn. I think she did it on stage. Maybe she did it on stage. Um, but she was very funny, and also uh, on the old. Uh, I remember her from the the Larry uh, Sanders show. She came on. Yeah. Did so, she was so. She was crazy funny on that, and very risque. Uh, and her episode was very. So, what good. is your what is your character like on this? I play her. Um, she's a Norma Desmond type, who has this beautiful home which she can no longer afford because she mm-hmm. hasn't worked in twenty years. So she has to sell it with, and the the young couple who buys it half the caveat is that she has to live there till she dies, okay. much like um, I believe Hugh Hefner is doing in the Playboy Mansion. Oh, yes. From, so I'm yeah. told. Yeah. Um, and I am her. Her uh, her best friend, manager, piano player, confidant, mm-hmm. arm candy. It says arm candy. I didn't just make that part up. <laughs> um, uh, so you yeah. think you're going to have to make out with her? No, I'm gay. Oh, oh you're gay. So, oh, okay. Um, well, it's still. So you be... never know. Um, yeah. And it was it was written uh, originally. Just, f- f- uh, sorry. You know that there's shades of a light, you know, like. Uh, Martha Ray mm-hmm. had something similar. This is like a very similar Hollywood theme. Yeah, Sometimes these older I, I actresses. Older actresses, older actors who just who have yeah. sort of younger I'm people. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Do it. Good idea. For God's sake. Next week. It doesn't even have to be gay. Just just get some, you know, get some young thing to hang around. <laughs> um, but it's... What I actually really love about the character, A, mm-hmm. they're, they're letting me do him British, which... Oh, can't believe they let me do it. I was like, well, it's, great. Uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, I'm going to try something. Yeah. And I think I had such a bad pilot season with a couple of horrible auditions. This mm-hmm. one I was like, screw yeah. it. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm just going to go in and do what I want. Right. And you can swear if you want. Here. I can? Yeah. Fuck it. I'm going to go in and do <laughs> what I want. And, uh, and I threw the dice and it worked. Um, but there, there is something that I think they're into that is lovely which is the dramatic side of it like Mm -hmm. personally I like my comedies to be sad and my dramas to be funny Mm -hmm. that's I think a little more real life situation and I always try and and infuse that in Mm -hmm. and there's and in talking to the director and reading an article prior to going in and he has a long relationship with 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 Carol Burnett um and he was talking about what an amazing dramatic actress she is. Mm-hmm. And after I got the job and talking to him, I said, you know, this is something that really interests me. And right. I would love to explore that because that I think people do want to see. You want a little yuckety yuck and then every mm-hmm. now you want to be, you know, you want to be touched in a certain way. And there's a scene where he has to explain to her, you know, Donna, we've got to set a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, I, I'm picturing in my head how I hope they want to do it and it's already... It's already beautiful. So yeah, we'll I know. See. They make well that we were again. We were saying that before. When you have, you always have to make sure you're in the right tone. Yeah. For you know, for what you're doing, and it's not a. Yeah, and and we'll figure it out. I don't know. And then and then how they shoot it. 
too, but that's yeah. it. Um, I mean, the read-throughs on the big studio read-throughs on on Wednesday. So oh, I, can still get, I, can, I can still get fired. Somebody will get no! fired after There's that. There's 107 people showing up to that one. They oh, just sent me the list. Terrifying. Oh no! Oh, like all the studio people, all the network people, all the, I don't know. Okay, just why are all these people in Washington? Why are like it takes this many people to yeah. to to do a pilot? Right. Yes. A lot of pressure. That table Did read. you know when, when you went into the audition that Carol Burnett was the lead? Oh, yeah. Oh. And I knew Amy Poehler. And I knew Amy... Oh. I don't know Amy Poehler. Um, but I knew she was going to be in the room as well. Which... And to be honest, I, I did not see myself doing a Did a she laugh? Yeah. She was... She could laugh. Nice. She's an executive... You know, I asked that because she's the executive producer of a show that I did called Welcome to Sweden. Watch how I swing... See, I'm an actor, oh. so I swung it back of to course. me. Of course. Back to uh, you. But when we did the show in Sweden, and she came to Sweden, her brother is the star of the show, she was like, nobody's laughing. You have to... She was telling the crew, like, you have uh, to laugh. Right. Like, you have to... La- they're work- they're- everybody's working really hard. It's what's, it helps. If I took a risk, I was like, did she... I was testing her. No, yes. she... Um, yeah, she's very... Very supportive. Right from the get go, like walking in. Yeah. Again, there's there's some rooms you walk into it's and great. you walk it into helps. a graveyard, and yeah. there's others where they're just they're lovely human beings. You just tell like, oh, okay, thank yes. you. Yes. And we've talked about that so many times. When when the set is is yes. open and oh inviting, it creates more opportunity for yeah. you all to do what you need to do. Well, right. especially too when it's comedy, and you yeah, know, it doesn't course. take anything just to go. <laughs> Or even right? to not that hard to see a guest star in the makeup trailer and go, hey, how you doing? Thanks for coming. Yeah. That, uh, so I spent, you know, the first half of my career as a guest star. Right. That's, that's the work you get. That's what was available. And it's the hardest job in show business for mm-hmm. acting because you know you got to walk in, you got to, as you all know, immediately blend in this family and hit the tone and right. and, and do a lot of times the heavy lifting. You know, the, you got the dead puppy yeah. speeches, um, and. So many times I've been on shows where where the regulars just don't give you the time of day, or don't, or they're too wrapped up in their own shit. And one of the things we did on Psych that we, we all sort of prided ourselves on was it was you were our guests, mm-hmm. and it was and people don't realize the more comfortable you make your guests, the better they are, the better your show is. Right. And it, it's, just, it's a simple, hey, how you doing? Thanks for coming. So um, I don't know how we got into that. Yeah. And we subscribe to that here with our snacks. Yes, no, they're the, really good. I had some <laughs> the, the gluten-free thing in there. Thank you. Now, I want to ask you, you were part of the uh, animated uh, reboot of Woody Woodpecker. Uh, I'm a fan of Looney Tunes, but I, I don't know much about Woody Woodpecker. Because it's not Looney Tunes. Oh, it's not Looney it's Tunes. It's not, and that's oh, the, that's why. Looney Tunes oh, is, a, okay. is a Warner Brothers. Okay. Company. Woody's not Woody part of him. Is Universal? What? Ah. They were sort of rivals, and the movie is actually it's it's live action. You're back at Universal. I'm back for this Theme. one, although again we shot in Canada. Oh, <laughs> um, not even Vancouver, like an hour north in the woods, which was nice for ten minutes. Um, what do you mean I can't get Wi-Fi? <laughs> How will I live? Um, so Woody Woodpecker, Woody and and uh, Bugs Money. Yeah. We're sort of popular around the same time. Um, if anything, Bugs Bunny was much more like Woody Woodpecker in the early days. If you think like the really old sort of pre-war World War II Bugs Bunny, right. he was a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Like that was his thing. He was that crazy rabbit and he would ju- he was just a shit stirrer. Right. And it's later that he became a little more sophisticated and the comedy became more sophisticated. Right. Woody Woodpecker 
similar, like was just crazy. He was like that that loco bird, and he Frenetic. would just yes, yeah. he just ah, ha, ha, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to ah, like, um, how was that? Very, I should play. I should have played that was Woody. Good. Ha, 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 ha. That's it. It's that crazy laugh. Um, so a that, lot wait, of people. What do you What do you mean? That's how I laughed. It's a good laugh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so most people think it's it's Warner Brothers. That or, is so funny. Yeah. Well, I'm, I apologize. No, I, maybe because is it is it, did Mel Blanc voice them both? He did. Oh, okay, for so, a while. Okay, okay, and then, that's oh, why. And then Warner Brothers put Mel Blanc Trying under to save a here. a uh, exclusive contract. Right. I see. I see. That's, uh, so, what did you play in this? In Woody? I play. Um, I play Woody's nemesis. I play the uh, the rich a hole who um, you trying to hurt Woody. You know Woody's trying to hurt me. (laughs) I uh, I'm all perspective, isn't it? Exactly, it's about me. He's the villain, not me. I'm trying to build my dream house on my land that my grandfather left me in the Pacific Northwest, which was actually the 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 Pacific Southwest because it was Canada. (laughs) Yes, and. Woody happens to live there, uh, and he keeps messing. He keeps jacking my shit, man. Uh-oh. I'd take my uh, my uh, estranged son with me, and along the way, there might be some father son bonding. Oh boy! There might be a little uh, growth and friendship between Woody. I'm not going to give it away. Somehow, somehow, I think Woody ends up on uh, on top. Were you a are you a fan of animated uh, I films? I loved it. Yeah, there were some great animated films this year. Actually, there did, were. You, did you see a Zootopia? I did. Yeah, okay. I, t- I have uh, yeah. 12, 14 year old girls. So we and my daughter's got the animation book. So we see a lot of that stuff. But I was I was a massive Warner Brothers friend. That was yeah Sundays sitting with my dad watching Looney Tunes. I know. So, like, like I, I steal a lot from Harvey Corman and William Powell. I also steal a lot from Warner Brothers. From Warner Brothers and oh, yeah. Bugs, Bugs Bunny. Yep. Yeah, they were the they were the the best. And another movie I'm very curious about. I haven't seen it called Carter and June. Now it's by the producers of of the people that did Napoleon Dynamite, which and is a, a shockingly un-Napoleon Dynamite dynamite movie oh it is oh yeah so yeah. it's not in the that's cor- uh, like a quirky yeah, no, this is a dramedy. this is a good old sort of 1970s-esque caper shoot em up funny oh. but mm-hmm. like a drive-in movie yeah that's yeah like, Dirty you, Mary and Crazy Larry you look up the poster it it's very <laughs> of that ilk I play uh, I play a character named Spencer Rabbit uh, speaking of rabbits who's a um, he's the he is the bad guy for more, but you know, not to him. They're the yeah. biggest. Uh, he is a gay Southern strip club owning mafioso psychopath. Is that oh, all? Fine. Is that all? Yes, please. Thank you very much. Right. And uh, a, an actor who I really admire fell out, and they called me. He was one of those. Can you be in New Orleans in two days? Yes. And um, I said, let me look at the script, obviously. Right. And uh, after. See, I just go. I just answer, well, no, I just answer the phone. After reading oh, yes. the opening monologue, I was in. Oh. I called my agent like I'm in. I literally read the script on the plane. Yes. It's like if I, ah. as long as I get to do this monologue on right. on screen. <sighs> Did so they keep fun. that monologue in the movie? Oh yeah. With my leg. It's yeah. We had gorgeous. to cut it. It's the first thing that went. <laughs> What's that? I said with my leg. They'd be like, "Yeah, sure. it's the first thing." That oh, we didn't. We, we oh. Had to try usually, it. everything. We had a different I, direction. You, I hate. Usually, I will hate saying or even doing my favorite scene because you know it's going to go. Yeah, inevitably, I'm like, 
you know, know it's gonna. I, I do, I'm that way with takes when I watch it. I go, that's the take they used. Mm. What? The? Okay. But can you ever tell? You can't really tell which take. Back in the day when they used film, did you were you, were you working on film or was it digital? It was film. Back when it was film, you know, and it was, they did less takes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was expensive. Now they run digital, digital, you know, they run it forever. So I'm always, you know, you have to be on your guard. Uh, Who the hell do you think you are? And And then you turn up on TMZ. Yeah, they're there the whole time. They're just running it. So I can't tell what take it is anymore. Point where. You can tell. Every now and then I can. I I can tell. But I have also sort of had a shift in my career it's, I think it's a bit less neurotic and, and yeah. needy where they'll say what do you, how was it you want another one and I'm like you saw it not me Right. you were watching it did you right. see what you wanted Then, because yes. I know you're just going to cut however you want but if there is something that specific either a comedic moment or an emotional yeah. moment that, it, that I didn't quite get there I'll, I'll ask for another And but you damn well better hit it if you if you ask for another I know. I've certainly done that and, and, and been wrong. But oh, most, me too. But oh. most times I've been right. But most yeah. times, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that sucked. I'm so sorry. It's Let's go to right. lunch now. Yeah. I know it cost everyone. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Oh, really? Oh, uh, we, very, we went into grace? Since we talk about film, yes, that's what I was going to say. Let's do a quick. We've never done. What is, what is grace? Tell everyone what grace is. Grace period is. Love this. Is uh, when Cha-ching. they will ask you. Technically, but they don't really have to today's. Uh, it's in the contracts that they get you. You know, you're supposed to. You can only work a certain number of hours before they got to feed you. Yes, um, for lunch. And then, if they go over that time, they call grace. Where I think they get five minutes or ten minutes, and then they got to pay you. Yeah. But then, as the contracts get renegotiated, yeah. But it's always they get a two-hour grace. It's always. It just is for people listening. It is a very tense time on set because yeah. you know the actor, uh, the crew is just like. That you've heard their stomachs growl. Everyone's yeah. like literally got a foot out the door. You can smell the steaks on the grill. Yeah. And then the actor goes, Timothy goes, hey, can I, if I could, you know, if I could yeah, just, I, just I wasn't I feeling that one. one. Can I just. And then they go, and then there's like, ah, the huge sigh. And yeah. then the AD goes, all right, we're, you know, we're going to call Grace on this. And then people put their, their equipment back down. Yes. And, but and sometimes, sometimes I have to say it has saved my ass when we did Easy to Assemble because that was like my web series. And, you know, it was no studio, it was just me, yeah. but we were a union uh, show. And that the grace saved my ass more than once. So I got like it was my karma, you You're know. Like, nope, sorry. Yes, I'm being paid back. Um, well, Timothy, thank you so much for um, being here. Thanks, what did yeah. you? You have a favorite movie currently? What did you think about the La La Land uh, Moonlight debacle? Yeah. That was fun. That was that's just it. It, it was, was fun. Crazy. It made it, uh, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a great job hosting. Mm-hmm. I really, I really enjoyed it. Me too. Me too. Um, Loved it. Lo- the whole Bonnie and Clyde tie-in. Great. Faith Dunaway. Love the guy backstage. Not paying. Tweeting. Tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> like all just, the. I mean, that to me, we're talking about Warner Brothers. Yeah. It, like a comic. That's a comic strip. It was it complete was debacle. The photos that surfaced yesterday. I don't know if you had just no, seen it. Oh, the photos. Will this action going on? There's there's photos of the guy of the literally the, like looking. On his phone. Is he like holding it up? Yeah, no. There's photos of people like chaos and people riveted to the stage going, what the heck is going on? Oh, and the guy like is, the guy in question is looking at his phone, oblivious. <laughs> Classic oh. comedy. It is like Peter Sells 
Peter right. Sellers, Clouseau, unbelievable. So it's, you know, it it uh, it, it I don't know. It, it's funny. I, I was for La La Land. I like, but I'm happy for Moonlight. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a great story. Did you have a favorite that didn't? Get I I really did? like La La Land. Yeah. I mean, it's. Hey, is the greatest movie in the world? No, but I love having just done a musical. I love yeah, it. Like, I come on, it. like that's great. I loved it, and I loved what it, uh, the production of it, and how difficult. I, I mean, how yeah, you man. know we, you know, we know how difficult that was to shoot, and yes, uh, yeah. and so some of those things could, for me go into it. The, the the scope of of the challenges of making that movie and the orchestra playing in the next room, and yeah. uh, you know, I. I Kudos to it. It will, it will go on forever. I think it's a, a bit of a phenomenon. Yeah. You know, and the the fact that it didn't win is is fine. I think it'll it survive. It won some. Yeah. It it'll survive. I'm and glad for Moonlight. I'm glad it didn't sweep everything because that's yeah. boring to it me. It is boring. Give us some here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but good yeah. for Moonlight. Maybe yeah. one. Maybe we'll get a recap where they could actually make a nice speech. Yeah. They're so crazy. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, Yes. Yeah, you can find. What are you going to say? You can find Timothy on Twitter and yes, Instagram at Amundsen. O M U N D S O N. That sounds right. like a cheerleader. O M U N D. I was not a cheerleader. Uh, look for him in his upcoming Carol Burnett pilot, Household Name. If it gets on and air, and if Way, it gets on air, I hope it does. hope it does. And Gallivant, aka the greatest job of his career thus far. True. On Amazon. And Netflix. Um, it's on Netflix too. Oh, and on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Netflix. Psych. And we didn't even much. get to talk about Deadwood. Oh. Yeah. Wait, okay, do Never. I need to stop? Okay, go. No. Do it. Do you want to do two minutes, a minute on <laughs> Deadwood? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Go so, ahead. do it. Go so, ahead. Deadwood was Huge the other fans, too, fan base of the oh, show. Huge. Unbelievable. Uh, including myself. Yeah. You know it's good if I watched it even when I wasn't on yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. an That's excellent how, show. And things excellent got show. better afterwards. Um, that was a show where I originally lost the job. Because I was on another, like, it overlapped a day. Mm. And they oh, went, screw right. it, go to the next guy. Lovely man got the job for whatever reason he did not work out they mm-hmm. called me like can you be in so and so in three hours wow I was like yep, yep. showed up uh, Walter Hill and David Miller said you want to be on our TV show I'm like yes please show up tomorrow um, walked in the scene was already blocked and lit mm-hmm. and I mean they had to go oh had to, how do I do this again okay okay um, just stunning the scene with talked about meeting people you admire the scene with Ian McShane mm-hmm. where you meet my character and he Ian McShane turns to the door and goes, Rom Gare, the scourge of Deadwood. And we have this scene, and I'm just wanting to shite myself because I'm so excited. I was such a fan of his, and he was lovely to me. And at one point, I just had to say to myself, you, your character, like his character, my character wanted to be him. That was the sort of the gag, because he wanted to be this, he was the sort right. of New York dilettante that wanted to be this manly man. And I'm like, you're in a fucking saloon drinking pretend whiskey with Ian fucking McShane. Don't act. Right, just right. fucking say the words and just be here. And it was, oh, God, so exciting. And every day on set, you're like, oh, it's fucking Powers Booth. Holy shit. And the actors and Jim, John Hawks is one of my favorites. Yes. And all the fun was great. Everybody in it. Oh, that's yeah. what Deadwood. Beautifully done that. and Lovely. beautifully acted. Uh, it was a great show. I mm. really, I really like that show. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we got in Deadwood because I know, I mean, the rabid fans of of Deadwood more so than some of the. I know people like Westworld and stuff, but oh, but you I know, think but, Deadwood was one of the greatest yeah Deadwood programs was ever great. made. Yeah, Dead, Deadwood was really was really fantastic. I like that show. I, I would have liked to have been on that show. Dang it. 
and begin with. That of a uh, hundred other shows. All right, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, now, I'm, mm-hmm. now I'm losing it. Thank All right, you so Timothy. Much, Timothy. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank, Hope it thank you. And uh, you can buy Ileana's book, I Blame Dennis Hopper, yes, you on can. Amazon. It's out You'll get a copy. now. Will I? Um, of course. Excellent. And also you can visit our website, ileanaspodcast.com. <laughs> Uh, like us on Facebook, find us on Twitter. Thanks for being with us. Yes, everyone's life is a movie with a beginning, a middle, and an end. And sadly, this is the end of ours, end of our show. Have Quit a great life. day, everyone. Not the Just end of our the life. God. You're God. Just this movie. You can. <laughs> our life does not end. You're God. That's true. Ha. Thanks, everybody. Ha 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 ha. Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.